the most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom, to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents... The Jim Ross Report <laughs> with WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross and now the man himself, good old JR. Well, thank you very much and hello again, everybody. I am good old JR Jim Ross, speaking to you from Los Angeles, California, deep in the bowels of the mighty Westwood One. We thank you for joining us here on the show. Thank you for subscribing for free, by the way, at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you may. Uh, catch your podcast shows and god knows there's a lot of wrestling podcasts out there folks let me tell you and a lot of our good ones are right here on westwood one as a matter of fact or from westwood one uh we have a packed show a lot of news some happy some sad we've also got our slobber knocker of the week who's going to win the petcoon goofy award uh your mailbag so a lot of good stuff coming up and Filthy Tom Lawler. No one was ever better named than Filthy Tom Lawler. He'll be joining me here today. And you can follow Tom at Filthy Tom Lawler on Twitter. So before we get really started with today's program, folks, I want to recognize the recent passing of Leon White, better known as Big Van Vader. Arguably the most athletic super heavyweight of all time. I know that there'll be people that will say, well, what about Bam Bam Bigelow? He's right there with him. But you can't name too many people that had 400-pound size and amazing athleticism to the point of being able to drop kick and do moonsaults off the top rope than Big Van Vader. I was made aware of Big Van Vader when he was a uh, football player at the University of Colorado, who at that time was a member of the Big 8 Conference with my Oklahoma Sooners. And uh, Leon had a great reputation in the league. He was an All-American. He was a center, monster of a guy, a 500-pound bench presser, uh, just a freak of nature in that respect. He plays, uh, had a kind of a cup of coffee in the, with the Los Angeles Rams back in the day. And uh, then he went to uh, work for Vern Gagne in the AWA as a baby bull, Leon White. And uh, it was easy to see at that time that once – Leon learned the nuances of wrestling in as much as crowd psychology, uh, in-ring psychology, facial expressions, body English, to go with his very aggressive and powerful style that that big son of a gun had a chance to really get over, as we say. And he did. Uh, then Leon had a tremendous run in Japan, as anybody that's followed his career or Japanese wrestling uh, knows. And that's where I reconnected with Leon and Stan Hansen, by the way. They had this one match, uh, this famous uh, video, probably on YouTube, uh, Big Van Vader, Stan Hansen. I think it was an in interpromotional match. I think it was a All Japan versus New Japan thing, I think. I'm sure I'll be corrected nonetheless. But the bottom line is I see this uh, match, and it looked like Leon's eye was coming out of socket. Uh, at the hands of Stan Hansen. It was bloody. It was gory. It was dramatic. It was compelling television. So I'm thinking at the time, I'm on the booking committee at WCW. I know Jim Cornette and I were both uh, big uh, advocates 
of Leon and Stan from the standpoint that we wanted to have something like that represented on our cards and our big shows. The physicality, the believability, uh, and we knew both those guys had been on top of major cards, worked with the biggest stars in the business, and that they could deliver if we could get them to the States. We were successful in doing that, and uh, that began my more uh, one-on-one relationship with Leon. And then, then I was on uh, in talent relations at WWE, and we brought him to uh, WWE for one more run, as they say. But by that time, Leon was really, uh, it was challenging for him physically. Uh, his weight was kind of out of control a little bit. I remember at one time sending uh, Leon and Yokozuna to the Duke Medical Center at Duke University for weight loss. Kind of funny story. I get a report from, I think, one of the doctors, and they, they were there weighing in. So they're there a week on this diet and this exercise plan, and at the end of the week, they gained weight. Now, what the hell? Oh, you say, well, they turn that fat into muscle and it's heavier, blah, blah. Okay, don't overthink it, pal. They were sneaking out of the dorm and going through the fried chicken drive-thru. Late night chicken. So that's what happened. With the, there, wasn't no, there wasn't nothing else. But anyway, uh, and it was comical. It wasn't comical at the time because if we couldn't get their weight under control, you know it's going to help uh, facilitate injuries. But more importantly, why they were there is that they were on the verge of not being able to be licensed by the athletic commissions. If you got one commission that, that kicks you out, all of them honor it. So uh, we, we, we had to do something, did an intervention, so to speak. But uh, I, I've always had uh, great respect for Leon. Uh, I, I hosted his, uh, him and his son Jesse's OU, uh, scholarship, or, uh, OU uh, football visit in as much as picking him up at the airport and taking him down to Norman and hanging around with him a little bit. And Jesse ended up signing with, he's committed to UCLA, and he signed with Oklahoma. He was the number one high school center in America. And boy, Leon was a big part of that uh, development of that young lad. So uh, I, I'm remorse, uh, uh, sad, uh, a lot of memories uh, of Leon. I remember one time Leon got, he was coming back from the ring. He got confused on the what where to go through to get back to the very back. He found himself under the stage at the at Raw. Now, also under the stage at Raw are all the pyrotechnics. Nobody knew that Leon was under there. Where's Leon? I don't know where Leon. I'm out there doing commentary. And all of a sudden, the next uh, match comes up, big, big pyro, implosions, loud, 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 and Leon was right down there amongst them. So he grabs his chest. He staggers out from underneath the stage saying that he, the noise is so strong that it stopped his heart and he had to pound himself in the chest to restart his heart. <laughs> hey, it's a hell of a story, but Leon's that kind of guy. He's entertaining and I thought he had some really underrated matches with Shawn Michaels uh, and Leon was on the backside of his, uh, his game and uh, Shawn was also having some injury issues, but they had some really good matches. Uh, it's, of course, Leon's run with Mick Foley, Cactus Jack down in WCW was excellent. Big time stuff. They took a lot of risks, a lot of chances, but the one thing they did, they beat the hell out of each other. His run with Sting, really good. So you go back and say, well, Leon has some great matches with a lot of good guys. He sure did. That's the whole deal. He had with a lot of guys. I can't remember one major program where he was the headliner that he didn't have a successful wrestling match. So uh, I will 
my condolences to Jesse and his family. Uh, I, I got a text message on Wednesday from Jesse uh, that his dad had been having these ongoing health problems, and he was feeling better, but then the, the pneumonia really snuck in and, and, and grabbed him, and uh, it was just a, a sad thing uh, for him to go down that way. His heart gave out. It just finally said, I'm tapping. So rest in peace, Leon. You're a pleasure to be around. You're a great star, and I'll argue to the death, as uh, has been said, uh, there's not many, if any, super heavyweights ever like Leon. The only one I can think of might be Bam Bam Bigelow as far as moonsaulting, drop kicking, and doing things where uh, a smaller, only, usually only a smaller guy could do. So uh, rest in peace. My condolences to the White family. And with that, we'll move forward. That's what we got to do, right? We'll move forward, and here's what's on my mind. I want to start it off with some opinion and some some. I don't know, feedback, I guess, from a lot of the wrestling I saw over the weekend. And by God, there's a lot of wrestling on TV, folks. Uh, I watched uh, NXT TakeOver, Chicago, uh, Money in the Bank on Sunday, Raw on Monday, and SmackDown Live on Tuesday from my hotel room in in Los Angeles. Uh, As a matter of fact, I watched watched both these shows. It's for the first time, kind of a strange schedule. I watched both Monday and Tuesday show uh, from... uh, the J.W. Marriott in Los Angeles, California, at L.A. Live. Uh, and so uh, I saw a lot of product. I want to give you some highlights, at least as I perceive them and my thoughts. I thought NXT TakeOver overall uh, was absolutely excellent. I don't know that there was a better televised program uh, in, in last weekend, last week in the world of wrestling than NXT TakeOver Chicago. Really liked the show. Excellent presentation. And get this, there's some, there's some reasons behind that. First, they had five matches. The show was uh, very succinct and as succinct as a two-hour show can be. But two hours is the key, or two hours and change. I, I know that. I'm with you. But five matches. Uh, I, there's not any of these matches that I thought were, and I had a problem with. I really didn't. I mean, some were better than others, but they're all good. Uh, I thought the opener... Might have done too much on the outside. Uh, I like uh, uh, Roddy Strong and Kyle O'Reilly uh, a lot, uh, but uh, I thought that uh, Danny Birch and and uh, Oni uh, Lorcan was kind of too much on the outside. And I think sometimes you're better off saving at least part of that for the main event. I loved uh, the uh, Ricochet Velveteen Dream Match. Two big-time players. And uh, there is just seemingly no limit to the charisma and the character development of the Velveteen Dream, which is a lot of his doing. He has taken ownership. He has taken uh, proprietorship and responsibility for his TV persona. The kid's not just showing up seeing what he has to do. He's going to show up with some ideas and a new spin here and there. And I've always been high on Ricochet. Great kid. So WWE's got two really phenomenal players uh, in, the, in the upcoming days. And I, I don't think, I think they're past the plight of the smaller guy. I don't think that's a deal breaker anymore, at least to the degree that it used to be in the business in general. Uh, I'm a big fan of Shayna Baszler. I hadn't seen Nikki Cross work that much. Uh, I was very excited about the match. I'm a big proponent that Shayna's going to be a big-time star. 
But whoever brought the damn beach ball and punted that around during the match should have their ass kicked. How can you be, if you're, oh, I'm a fan. I'm a real fan. I got me a T-shirt. It's got a wrestler's picture on it. Yeah, right. Why would you bring a beach ball to a live event unless you just need the attention? You need to tell your buddies, hey, did you see that beach ball, man? Hey, dude. Guess who brought it? You know, oh, you're an idiot. So no more beach balls, please, for God's sakes. Or, or use them before the show or something. But not during, you, you, they, you disrespected the people in the match. That's not the game. Uh, so no more beach balls, please. Uh, and if you see a beach ball, stick, your, stick a fork in it, like Monsoon would say, it's done. I liked Alistair Black and uh, Lars Sullivan. You can tell Sullivan is very green. He's got a face only a mother could love. He is a 303-pound monster. Uh, he's probably a year away, in my view, of being ready to come to the, the next level. And that's not a knock. Uh, he needs more ring time with guys that are better than him in front of live a live audience. That's what it is. That's how it works out. Now, Alistair Black has already got that experience. He's a very refined worker. I like his physicality. And he's going to be a big-time player there as well. Uh, it was funny looking at some of these dudes. Who gets, uh, gets the baby face reaction? Who doesn't? Alistair Black in the old days would be nothing but a heel. He's got tat- ugly-ass tattoos all over him. He's got long hair. He's got a stringy-ass beard. But God dang, he can fight. So that's what I, that's what I like. And then, of course, the show closer, uh, John, uh, the Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, was really, really amazing. Really amazing. So I, uh, I was, I think maybe they could have done, what do you do after you, uh, after you uh, drop somebody through two tables onto concrete? How do you follow that? Did they follow that? That's a question. I don't know. The old, old timers will tell you that you go home when the audience is at their peak, their zenith. And I don't know how much higher you can get from that. That movie was absolutely terrifying. So, uh, but those kids did a good job. They have a personal issue. And what the deal is here is that more often than not, especially in today's world, where titles have been discounted in virtually every promotion because they change hands every couple of days, seemingly. And there are too many of them. That waters the others down. That personal issues sometimes outdraw a title match. So, uh, you know, I thought that I miss Morrow. Uh, Morrow's the voice of that brand. He does a phenomenal job. He was working for doing boxing for Showtime. I thought Vic Joseph and uh, pinch hitting duty did a, uh, a fine job. Uh, you know, he, he was where he needed to be when he needed to be there. Pretty simple. And uh, I like his upside. He's got to maintain intensity. You ain't, go, you ain't calling golf, pal. And uh, old, us old wrestling announcers want to hear your passion. And the fans want to hear it too, more importantly. So good job, Vic Joseph, on your, on your outing there. A lot of pressure. Uh, I thought there were uh, too many outside-the-ring bumps, as I mentioned earlier. Kind of waters them down a little bit. Uh, I thought maybe an argument could be made that there are too many near falls. You say, well, God, JR, how can you do too many near falls? Because when you start getting benign of them, when you get uh, immune to them, I should say, uh, they're losing their sizzle. So uh, be, I, I thought that might have been a little bit of an overkill. I thought the roster from top to bottom appreciated the art form of selling. No different than the high flyers do with their the stuff off the top or the big power guys do with their, with their high impact. Selling is an art form. 
And I thought that the guys did a hell of a job, guys and gals did a hell of a job in selling. Uh, they brought me in. So really a good show. I liked all of it. I, I just thought they did a terrific job. Very proud of the talents. And Paul Levesque and Matt Bloom and all those cats are doing a great job there. They're great staff uh, there in the Performance Center in Orlando. Then we moved to Money in the Bank. Uh, I thought the broadcast sounded kind of busy. Uh, three, well, there are several voices you heard during the night. But in any event, any situation, you get three announcers all trying to get their stuff in uh, and what they perceive is important in their character or from their character. It just made the broadcast to me sound a little bit busy. Uh, and luckily, uh, Michael Cole was there to keep the rudder in the water. And I thought he did a tremendous job in directing traffic. And as I told somebody, herding the chickens. So uh, tough. It sounded busy to me. I thought the event was well booked. Uh, uh, I, I really did. I thought it was really well done. Some strong matches. Uh, the women's uh, Money in the Bank match might have been arguably better than the men's. Some people say that. Uh, the, I thought across the board, and it's, it's a thing, in, and it's, it's, it's across the board in wrestling. These leg and arm slats to make noise, to simulate impact. So your offhand is slapping your thigh or whatever, and we hear that noise. Man, when you pull the rabbit out of the hat time and time again, the, the magic is starting to lose. It wanes. I don't. I I think that's got to be done more strategically, more discreetly. Uh, and right now, uh, across the across the board in the business, it's overused without question. Uh, I mentioned the ladies had a great night at Money in the Bank. I thought Alexa Bliss was one of the stars of the show. Uh, she's special. I'll have more about her later on. Uh, I thought that Nia, uh, uh, Nia Jack and Ronda Rousey had a, just an outstanding presentation. Considering their skill level, their experience, uh, skill set development, et cetera, et cetera, and a lot of pressure, they did excellently. I'm proud of both those women. And then the uh, Alexa being able to cash in the money in the bank that she just won earlier that night was, was booking genius. Smart, man. I didn't see that coming. I loved it. So, uh, good show uh, on that one. Uh, AJ and, and AJ Styles successfully defending his title against Shinsuke Nakamura was more of what we all were hoping we'd see from AJ and Shinsuke. Physicality, shock and awe. Uh, they got great chemistry. And so, uh, I, uh, and I see now where Shinsuke may have a run with Jeff Hardy, the U.S. title. I would expect Shinsuke at some point sooner than later to win that. Uh, but uh, I enjoyed that match. Uh, I also enjoyed, I was worried about how would Elias hold up against a world-class five-star guy like Seth Rollins. And to my surprise, pleasantly so, I saw all I needed to see. There's no reason Elias, with his great gift of gab and his verbal skills and his ability to wrestle, as we saw uh, at Money in the Bank, can't be a, a big-time player. There's no reason. No reason at all. He's got to commit himself to getting better. But that goes for everybody, quite frankly. So, a uh, good show, uh, Money in the Bank. Uh, quickly on to Raw. Ronda Rousey stole the show, man. First segment, Cheeto throwing Kurt Angle. Uh, you know, getting her some of uh, a missed bliss. Getting suspended. Showing a, a, a real natural reaction I thought was very good. 
She doesn't have to be an orator. She just has to be able to do good sound bites that are logical and that they have passion. And so I'm not rolling my eyes that she's not uh, being honest with me as a fan. Ronda Rousey's a big time star, and I can promise you, folks, Ronda Rousey uh, is, was, and will always be a key component to the WWE deal with Fox. She's the kind of star that has universal appeal that Fox executives who may not be pro wrestling aficionados have heard of. She's that kind of player. That's what she brings to the dance. So good job, Rhonda and uh, everybody. There's going to be an inevitable Stone Cold Steve Austin comparison with Ronda Rousey. Is she the defiant, uh, anti-establishment character that Austin was? She's got a McMahon to play off of or anybody else. So I, I, I like that whole positioning of, of her situation and, She's coming along real well. Uh, congratulations to Dolph Ziggler. Got a, at least for now, he's the Intercontinental Champion. Will he have it past the money when uh, he and Seth Rollins had their return match on Monday Night Raw? Don't know. Ziggler will never have a bad match. And I love the Ziggler-Drew uh, uh, McIntyre uh, chemistry. Really, really impressive. They have leaped on the scene. There's something there. I'm not sure how far you go with it. But I would sure give it a shot to go uh, much deeper and up and uh, more higher up the card uh, with those two guys. I really am impressed with them. Uh, I liked uh, the quality win that uh, Corbin and Kevin Owens got over Braun Strowman and Finn Balor and the fact that they had a winner and a loser. It wasn't a fluke. So now the heels have something to brag about con- concretely without lying. And the babyface has something to mildly bitch about because they lost. So, good outing there. Uh, I think that No Way Jose has got to become known for more than his, uh, his uh, conga line. He's entertaining as hell. But I don't know over the long haul how much uh, comedy, entertainment, how, how deep it's going to carry you. But uh, he's a good-looking athlete. But he's got to become more known for more than uh, his... Uh, you know, his conga line. And uh, you know that somewhere down the road, Jonathan Coachman is going to be in that conga line. It's going to happen. Uh, ratings have stayed, uh, came in real well for Raw Monday. I think a lot of that was because of Ronda Rousey, the fallout the night before and what's going on. And, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of reasons. It's on the heels of a, of a highly ballyhooed six-week promotion for Money in the Bank. It sounded like they were promoting forever. Six weeks. Can you think how it would have been for fans back in the day when they had four major pay-per-views and one built to the other? There's the three-month build instead of six weeks. Uh, so ratings are up about three million average. That was good. Congratulations on that. SmackDown Live. A few comments here. Carmella is a great promo uh, talent. Uh, you know, that's her strength, her verbal skills. Uh, I thought, though, her promo on SmackDown she either was heavily memorizing or, or really much overproduced in pre-show preparation. It didn't sound as organic as I would have liked it to be. But Carmella is a very good talker and a great look. She's got to, hey, those, those kind of talents have got to continue to find time to get in the ring to work on their game. And I know it's hard when you're traveling and dieting and tanning and get hair extensions and all that good stuff. But, you know, you got to keep working on your game. Becky Lynch, I think my high cheekbones thing on Becky Lynch got those, uh, uh, you know, supermodel cheekbones has kind of caught on. 
I don't mean any negativity about it. She's a beautiful woman. And see, here's the thing, folks. I'm a mark for Maureen O'Hara. My favorite movie is The Quiet Man, starring John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara. I've had a crush on Maureen O'Hara since I was a teen. And Becky Lynch is Irish, by the way. She has red hair, by the way. And she's a, she's a very beautiful woman. So I, I, I hearken back to my Maureen O'Hara crush, and I uh, have gravitated now through Becky Lynch. She's very tough, very physical. I like that. I like the fact that uh, we saw a little bit of the dark side on Tuesday, on, uh, Tuesday night uh, from, from Nakamura. Being evil and sinister is going to fit his character. I don't think he should be out. We should outthink ourselves and think that he needs to be modernized. He is an Asian villain. Nothing wrong with that, but position him as such because that's what he is. Uh, and I like the idea of Jeff Hardy and Shinsuke Nakamura, the U.S. title. That's a match I want to see. Uh, I thought the gauntlet match well booked. Uh, you got over thirty minutes of action. Good idea. I could hook on the story, and it worked for me. Uh, I'm anticipating something special when Samoa Joe and uh, Brian Daniels uh, are going to get it at, get after it. Uh, Brian and Joe are two of my favorite guys. Classy, professional guys. They can wrestle. They can fight. They can promo. They're over. And uh, their match should be nothing short of excellent when they finally meet. Uh, so another solid show from... Uh, Smackdown and it took a lot of hands on deck. Hey, that's a lot of work those guys did. Can you imagine how much live TV those son of a bitch did? They did three hours on Saturday and four hours on Sunday or more. Three hours on Monday. And Smackdown, all live. There ain't no, no margin for error. It's live, baby. There ain't no net. Go get you some. So congratulations on that deal to the whole staff there at WWE. Uh, we are, there's a, I have a few more things in my mind, as a matter of fact. I saw where Big Cass got released. And here's what I'll say about that. I don't know. I don't know this backstory. Everybody, there's a, everybody's got a story. If you're, if you can, li- if you can log into your computer, you can create a story. I don't know what it was. Have no idea, and it's none of my business. I like the kid. Uh, he's got some intangibles or some. He's got some qualities that you can't, you can't coach up. You get, he's a seven foot guy. He's a good looking kid. So he, here's the thing. I'll leave it with this. Uh, he has a chance. To get back in the game. How Big Cass conducts himself as a professional under these, under these circumstances. Hey, look, I, I have had three sabbaticals from that company. It didn't it kill me. Did I like it? Nope. Did it, did it ruin my life or my career? Hell no. So all he's got to do is figure out how I can get better, how I can cure the perceived ills that I may or may not have, but if, if perception become, can become reality. So we'll, let's keep our eye on how Big Cass uh, progresses. And maybe I'll even be doing the podcast someday to ask you myself. That might be interesting. So, hey, don't, your world's not over. Don't say anything stupid. Don't do anything stupid. Just get better. You're too damn young with too much of an upside to not be able to resurrect yourself without question. Uh, congratulations to Charlotte Flair. She's going to appear in the... Uh, ESPN body issue. She's going to be one of 16 bodies. And I guarantee you, none of them will be sexier than Charlotte Flair. I will say that one of my Oklahoma girls, Lauren Chamberlain, great softball player, will be uh, in the body issue as well. So I'll be checking that out. And congratulations. Great PR. That's great media stretch. 
Uh, Ring of Honor's best in the world pay-per-view is going to come up on Friday, June 29th. We wish those guys good luck. It's a really a good card. Uh, some of the amalgamation of some of the New Japan stars and the, and the incumbent stars at Ring of Honor. Uh, you can watch it on the Fight app, F-I-T-E, the Fight app. I highly suggest you download that. It's a cool app. That's how I'll be watching it. Uh, I also can tell you that uh, apparently the Ring of Honor attempt to get in a date in the garden in New York City has fallen by the wayside. Uh, so I don't know what the story behind that was other than the garden decided to to, to team back up with WWE in some situation. It it does kind of sound right, WWE in the garden, to me, but I'm biased. One of the great highlights of my life is walking in the halls of the garden, seeing all those pictures of Sinatra and Elvis and all those guys. And, you know, it was, it's, it's the building, man. He ain't made it till he played the garden. Just end of story. So uh, we'll, keep, we'll see how that works out. No MSG day for Ring of Honor. Does that mean a lawsuit? So I get the feelings hurt. Who's pissed off? I don't know. No hill for me to die on. Uh, but uh, I'm just going to say this. Stay tuned. Uh, it could be interesting as time goes on. Uh, had a big week in Los Angeles. Uh, we did the uh, mini matches from Dominion. Uh, and the we did the Kenny Omega, Josh Barnett, and I did the Kenny Omega uh, Okada IWGP title match. Two out of three falls. Went over an hour. Uh, it was extraordinary. Truly extraordinary. And by the way, we'll have Kenny Omega on the show next week. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, he's a cerebral, smart son of a gun. A good kid. I like him. We're a kid. I'm, everybody's a kid to me. He's 34. I think I got socks 34. Uh, so a hell of a match. Jericho and Nido. And this is Jericho's words in the interview, the, uh, the post-show interview. You just saw two guys beat the shit out of each other. Pardon my French, but that's true. They had knots and welts on their bodies. It was, they laid it in, baby. And uh, Jericho wins the Intercontinental title. He says he's a 10-time champion now because there's nine runs in WWE count. I don't know how, how that's going to go with the uh, company party, but nonetheless, that's what it is. So it, uh, we had a great week, all these matches, and they begin airing uh, soon. I know that for most of you who have not seen the uh, Omega Okada match, it uh, will air in a two-hour special on Access TV the night before uh, the G1 special from the Cow Palace, which means it will air on Friday night, July the 6th. So uh, check that out. It's a, We had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, I am Congratulations to my friend Ray Mysterio, another guest uh, here recently on our program. It's Ray Mysterio Day on 619. How about that? On 619, that's June 19th, ladies and gentlemen, Ray Mysterio Day in uh, San Diego, California. Congratulations to that dude. 28-year career, man. And I had a match this week that he was in in New Japan, a six-man tag. And uh, he, Liger, and uh, Tanahashi against the Bullet Club. Bullet Club meaning Cody, Hangman, Page, and uh, the villain, Marty Sherrill. And for some reason, and I get this every week on Twitter, somebody hammers my ass about I can't pronounce Marty Sherrill's name. And I, I promise you I'm not trying to screw it up. He's a hell of a hand. So, you know. Lighten up, Francis. Uh, so, congrats to Ray. Hell of a guy. You know, he's part owner of uh, Arrow Lucha. Uh, he's going to be at All In on September 1st. Uh, he's had two WWE appearances, not to throw away, uh, the Royal Rumble and the, our show in Saudi that uh, the King and I were attending. So, he's a future Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. And the hot rumor right now is he's getting ready to sign a three-year deal with WWE. 
Don't know if that's the case, but that's, that's the word on the street. So uh, we'll keep our eye on that situation. Ray is a credit to anybody's locker room. I swear to God, he's a credit to anybody's locker room. And uh, this is going to be a big week for me coming up. And uh, going, I'm leaving Saturday to fly to Scotland. And for our big tour there, insidetheropes.co.uk, Kenny McIntosh, his crew. I can't wait to see everybody. Uh, some tickets and some markets are still available. There, there are some sellouts. And you can get all that information at insidetheropes.co.uk. Or it could be insidetheropes.co.uk. I don't care. Just find it. You'll love it. And I'd love to see you there. So that's, and, the, and they have tickets and information, all that good stuff. And also, speaking of the, the UK, I'll be back in London for three days, uh, July 27th, 28th, and 29th at the uh, London Film and Comic Con. And we'll have more information on that too as, as that starts to draw near and how to get tickets and photo ops and autographs and all that good stuff. So a lot of really good things going on. And as I say, and I believe this, I really do believe this, there's no better time ever, at least in my lifetime, to be a wrestling fan. Hey, while I'm thinking about it, uh, don't forget that the King and I, Jerry Lawler and I, we've done our first ever Jerry and the King live shows uh, Thursday, August 16th at Zanies in Nashville. Uh, tickets available at zanies.com. And then in Chicago, Chicago Land in Rosemont, more specifically, on Thursday, August 23rd at Zanies. Zanies.com has all your ticket information. Uh, we do, we're do. we having a VIP uh, ticket. We've got a GA ticket. Uh, you got Q&As, meet and greets, uh, photo ops, autographs, the whole nine yards. Uh, and we'd love to see you there. It's the, the Voices of the Attitude Era with you, one-on-one. And uh, we can't wait. Zanies.com for information and tickets to the J.R. and the King live show. And that's what's on my mind. I'm really excited to welcome a new sponsor to our program this week. You know, the sponsors are, they're talking to us. We've got a lot of people that are interested in our show. And that's the reason is because you guys are making our podcast one of the most successful podcasts in the world. And thank you. Uh, And they know that I'm not going to put a program or a sponsor on our show that I don't believe in, that I don't use to some degree. And uh, at least that's, or at least research it. I don't have to research Mac Weldon. I use Mac Weldon. Uh, they have a tremendous company. They have amazing products. And if you haven't heard of Mack Weldon, they're, they're clothing people. Uh, they make all kinds of uh, clothing that I use every day. Uh, I, I tell you, I, full disclosure here, uh, I am a, a man that uh, I'm kind of a sock snob. I'm a sock guy because I wear tennis shoes a lot around the, my Oklahoma homestead and uh, my old Nikes. From OU, and but I'm a sock guy. They got the damnedest selection of socks that you can wear with shoes, dress shoes, or tennis shoes. And I also love their shorts. I'm not talking about uh, you know the athletic shorts uh, to wear to the store, that kind of thing. They they fit. Everything fits. It's the solid made. It's a it's it's amazing products. Remember they got. Uh, comfortable underwear they got socks they got shirts they got undershirts they got hoodies sweatpants and more of the things that you wear uh they have a line of silver underwear by the way and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial which means to us lay people they eliminate odor that ain't a bad thing that ain't a bad thing to eliminate odor from your underwear 
Trust me. They want you to be comfortable. Everything I've ever worn from Mack Weldon has been extremely comfortable and so well made. And here's the deal. If you don't like your first pair, you can keep it. And they will still refund you 100%, no questions asked. How's that for a guarantee? You buy it, you don't like it, you don't have to give them a reason why you don't like it, and they'll, they will uh, refund you, and you keep the product. So I, I love that, that, that bravado, because they're confident that they got a great product, and they do. So not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. It's, you know, like for working out, uh, going to work, riding on an airplane, uh, going out on dates, which is a rarity to me, uh, just everyday life. So, you know, like I said, I'm a sock snob. I, my, my socks are Mack Weldon socks. I love them. Uh, I, I love their shorts. Uh, just a cool stuff, man. And it's made so well. The website is idiot proof because if I can do it, you can do it. So I just can't encourage you to check it out enough. We've been talking to Mack Weldon for several weeks. I had to have product. I had to wear it. I had to feel it. I had to order it. I had to experience it as a real consumer, not a sudden joker reading copy. So uh, I really hope you'll, sh- you'll check it out because I got a great deal for you. Uh, you get 20% off your first order by visiting MacWeldon.com and enter promo code Jim, J-I-M, at checkout. I'll get that one more time because it almost sounds too good to be true. For 20% off of your first order at Mac Weldon, my new sponsor, visit MacWeldon.com and simply enter the promo code Jim, J-I-M, at checkout. You're going to love Mac Weldon. Before we get to Slobberknocker of the Week, let me remind you again of uh, Amazon Alexa. Remember, just go Alexa, enable the Jim Ross report skill. Then after you've done that, it's uh, simply say, Alexa, play the Jim Ross report. The same goes for uh, Google Home. Just say, okay, Google, talk to the Jim Ross report or, you know, speak to the Jim Ross report. Okay, Google, I want to speak to the Jim Ross report. And uh, that'll kind of speed things up, make it a little bit more convenient for you. So check that out. And check out the Slobber Knocker of the Week, kids. It's that time again. Uh, one of my uh, nominees, and arguably maybe the runner-up in this category this week, was, is Alexa Bliss. Uh, she's showing us that charisma, athleticism, facial expressions, tone of her delivery uh, can far exceed the fact that she's only five feet tall. Uh, and I can only imagine somewhere down the road what kind of baby face she's going to be. The cute little underdog, five-footer that never gives up. She'd be like the female Ricky Morton or something. But when I met her the first time, she comes off with so much confidence, and she's, she's very comfortable in her skin as far as being a heel. She reminded me, and this is going to be crazy, though J.R., he must have been one of those dispensers out there in California because he's, he's high. She reminded me of the late, great Buddy Rogers. Buddy Rogers is 5'10". He had blonde hair. He had a great tan. He had, he, but he thought he was 6'5". 
he thought he was 300 pounds with his demeanor. You know, Buddy Rogers could walk from the locker room to the ring, and by the time he got to the ring, he had heat. He had angst as a villain. And this young lady has that natural ability to do so. So she's going to be, uh, she's got a lot of potential for even better things that she's going to do because I'm of the belief that she could get better in the ring. And she continues to take the time to work on her game. Uh, and again, like I mentioned earlier, you know, God, they're on the road so many days a week. Uh, they're trying to train. They're trying to eat right. They're trying to do, you know, all the cosmetic things that women need to do, especially the, the hair. I said one time the other day, I said, I'd like to have the hair concession, the hair extension concession in WWE. I'd be a rich son of a gun. Hair man. That's that character on Seinfeld that time, butt man, the doctor. I could be hair man. So, uh, Alexa had a good week, a real good week, and I am, uh, uh, I'm, I'm excited for her, and I'm really, really anxious to hear her badmouth Ronda Rousey over the next few weeks so that by the time Ronda Rousey comes back, we can't wait to see that little bitch get her ass whipped. That's what somebody say. She's a keeper, big-time talent, so good job, Alexa. Uh, the other, another candidate from, because you got to say something about soccer, right? Got to. Soccer megastar, Cristiano Ronaldo. He scored a hat trick, the son of a gun, for his country, Portugal. It's a 3-3 three three draw versus Spain in the World Cup. And Spain, of course, is the country that uh, Ronaldo stars in uh, for Real Madrid. Uh, just saying that because I do have a lot of fans that like, like uh, the World Cup. I do, too. It's great competition. It's just too bad that our United States uh, soccer program sucks so much they couldn't even qualify for the damn tournament and nobody's talking about that no nobody the guys that are in charge of that apparently on a milk carton somewhere because they're disappeared what are we doing to fix that for us egocentric uh, overbearing ugly americans so and any, anyhow uh that's embarrassing but uh ronaldo is here's what i was going to get to the point before i digress great players had their best outings in the biggest games. It is across the board. That's what makes them special. That's what makes them great players because they handle, they process uh, the uh, pressure and make something good out of it. So uh, I, uh, I really always admired the skill sets of those dudes. And even though I'm not a soccer player, I never played one on television either. Uh, I wanted to say that uh, I mentioned about how much I was impressed the NXT TakeOver event. Uh, the street fight between uh, Gargano and uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, it was a, really an amazing personal vendetta. And as I said earlier, keep around some of these situations. These guys have found their way. They're getting over organically without any major ad campaigns or promotional campaigns. They're doing it the old-fashioned way. Uh, they, are, uh, in, they are embracing our emotions. And personal issues in today's world are watered down in too many titles or are probably going to be the order of the day for the foreseeable future unless championships and all promotions are begin to be addressed a little bit differently. And uh, finally, you say, thank God. My Slavon Rock of the Week happens to be a man that I, you heard my show, you heard him on here. You know that I think AJ Styles is the very best in-ring talent in the business today. And there's, a, and there's a lot of argument about that point. There could, should be, because their business is healthy. There's a lot of guys that are really, really good. As I mentioned, Kenny Omega right there. He's going to be our guest here next week, as we mentioned. AJ had a great match with Nakamura. 
Uh, AJ did things in that match that I didn't know existed. Uh, he's phenomenal. No pun intended, kid. Uh, and I just uh, am so happy that he was selected by uh, 2K Sports to be the cover boy of WWE 2K19, which is going to be out on October the 9th. So that's a country boy done good. And uh, I have a lot of respect for AJ. He's a family man. He's a big-time pro. And I can see him being wearing WWE colors for years to come, long after his in-ring career is over. So AJ Styles, the slobber knocker of the week. It's slobber knocker good! <laughs> Apparently they have a pet raccoon that got into their mouth. It seems like our, uh, our pet coon goofy award is catching on. Maybe I should make a damn t-shirt. How would it be if I had a t-shirt that says, I won the pet coon goofy award? And leave it at that. What does that mean? You're getting noticed. Well, anyway, hey. I'm the kind of guy that would want to feed mayonnaise to tuna so that when you harvest them, there'd be tuna salad would be already made. Uh, nonetheless, uh, a lot of Pet Coon Goofy uh, candidates this week. Uh, get this. The Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup. Best team in the NHL. Their head coach, Barry Tratz. T-R or Trotz. It don't matter. T-R-O-T-Z. Because here's how stupid this guy is. He resigned from his head coaching job of the uh, Stanley Cup winning Washington Capitals because he did not like the money terms of the already agreed Stanley Cup win contract extension. In other words, he'd made a deal that the Stanley Cup was predicated on the Stanley Cup. So he wins the Stanley Cup, and congratulations to him and the, and the Capitals. But now he wants to. He wants more money. He's already. He's already got the deal. They shake hands. They sign the contract. He wants more money than he signed for. We all want more money than we signed for. But when you make a deal and a commitment, don't you think it's that you maybe you want to think about keeping it? Come on, man. Come on. Uh, sad to see this sad story about uh, former NFL star Kellen Winslow Jr. Good Lord, he got arrested multiple times in a few days in San Diego. He wasn't there to celebrate the 619 day that Ray Mysterio got. Heinous crimes, kidnapping, sex crimes, bad situation, and a big-time family. Dad's one of the greatest tight ends in NFL history. And this kid could have been good, but you can see he had an attitude, was very, very defiant in college at the U. Uh, So all I'm saying is I hope that there's something that we haven't discovered and, and the Mauro Ranello documentary on Showtime keeps me always grounded and aware of situations like this. There's got to be more to the story. This guy cannot think that anything he's doing is right or that he will really be able to get away from it, away with it for long term. Maybe uh, this situation will create an a opportunity for Kellen Winslow to get some psychological help, maybe the right meds. I don't know. But uh, the, the guy obviously needs some help, and I hope that he gets it. And before the Morrow situation on the documentary on Showtime, I would have written this guy off as just a blithering idiot. Pet coon goofy indeed. But there may be more to the story than we know. And I hope that they discover what it is and they move on. You know, this one in the pet coon goofy category, uh, I, I'm, I don't know how to even get into this deal. It pisses me off when I think about it. I think about so many people passing a buck to protect their political party, which is a large crock of bullshit. 
the entire drama and politics involving these children that are separated from their families uh, trying to cross the border is hideous. There is absolutely no justification in my mind, in my opinion, on my show that children should be separated from their mothers and fathers. You can't justify it to make sense. You can't stand behind a law or a theory or a concept to think, well, that's why we're doing it. Some idiot the other day, I saw one of Trump's guys said, uh, well, they're not, uh, they're, not, uh, they're not immigrants. They're invaders. They're invaders. Give me a break, you lack of common sense idiot. Children should be with their parents. And these damn things are not basically summer camps, as been quoted by uh, another uh, big mouth, Laura Ingram. Uh, with Fox News. Seriously? Seriously? If their mother and fathers aren't there and they're isolated by themselves, many for the first time in their life, it ain't basically summer camp. So I, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just really, I'm really sad that uh, this is a headline. I don't want to mention this damn thing ever again unless I'm just provoked. But for the love of God, Put these children with their parents. If they parents break the law, then they can be they can be dealt with as a family unit and sent back home. Uh, you know, God, that's just sad. So this almost was the award winner, but this repulses me. There's no entertainment content in this damn thing. Children need to be with their mom and dad. End of story. Because that's when you don't, when you don't have these kids. You separate the kids from their mom and dad. You damn sure are Pet Coon Goofy. Uh, this one takes the cake. This is the Pet Coon Goofy Award winner for this week, ladies and gentlemen. I don't get it. World Cup again. Croatia's Nikola Kalinic refused to enter the uh, group stage match versus Nigeria from the bench because he was too upset. <laughs> oh, my boy. <laughs> Where's Connie on the cheek? I need a cheek. Uh, because he wasn't starting. Are you kidding me? I shouldn't say that. Uh, are you kidding me? He's becoming like, did you see that? Did you hear that? Are you kidding me? Oh, well. The Croatian team expelled him. Congratulations, Croatian team. Send his ass home. Uh, you work all your life to get to become a great soccer player. You're playing for your country. You're in the World Cup, and you don't want to go in because you didn't start. What a crybaby. That's like Carmelo Anthony of the Oklahoma City Thunder saying, I ain't coming off the bench. Or your ass is if you want that $28 million they owe you. Are you kidding? So uh, the Pit Coon Goofy Award goes to a name you'll probably never, ever hear on this program again as long as we all live. Nikola Kalinic. You are pet coon goofy dog. Strategy, my Oklahoma ass. This is becoming one of our more favorited uh, features of our program. The Jim Ross Report podcast that you're listening to this very moment. That a new show drops, by the way, every Wednesday from producer Ted's brilliance. And uh, the thing that you need to remember is that Google now has a app, a Google podcast app. And check that out because you get it there. You can get our show pretty much anywhere you hear podcasts. 
because of the lineup here. And of course, the best app, I think, is the Westwood One app because they got everything you need right there in the podcast world. It's some good stuff. We'll talk more about that later. So this is becoming a really good uh, uh, part of our show. I, I personally enjoy it a lot. The uh, This Week in Wrestling. I want to start with 26 years ago. It was 26 years ago, kids, on a very hot, muggy day. Here's what happens. I go to the Atlanta airport to fly to uh, Pensacola when I needed to go to Mobile. And maybe, as rumor has it, I may have slipped into the crown room at the uh, Hartsfield Airport and had a couple of crown waters, crown royal and water. And I may have gone to the wrong city. Somehow I boarded the plane that was taking me to Pensacola, Delta flight, and they didn't say anything about it, and I didn't notice it because the gate, the departing gates were side by side. There was a, there was a Pensacola gate and a Mobile gate. Okay, so I got confused. I was a little bit pie-eyed, as my late wife would say. Are you pie-eyed again? So I fly to Pensacola, and when I get to Mobile, Pensacola, I got to rent a car now and drive to Mobile. Thank God it wasn't that far. But that was the site of uh, WCW Beach Blast. Uh, good show. Uh, Sting, Cactus Jack. Uh, a lot of good stuff on that card. Uh, and a lot of all-stars. You know, I, I, the match that sticks out to me was the 30-minute draw between the Steiner brothers, Dr. Death, and Terry Gordy. If you want to watch a tag team match that makes you believe that everything you're seeing is absolutely authentic because, by God, most of it was, check that out on the WWE Network. Uh, so, 26 years ago. Now, the other part of the story is Bill Watts was the boss then. Hence, you saw... 30-minute time limit draw on a pay-per-view. It was a, it was a very logical decision. It left the matter unsettled, but still, they, they played to the terms of the engagement. And I want to see more of the Steiners and Doc and Gordy. And so, but my other job that week, other than working, doing play-by-play with beside the governor, Jesse Ventura, is the, I was there to fire Eric Bischoff. Cowboy says, I want you to get rid of the goddamn Bischoff. Well, what do you, why don't you like him? I don't like him. Well, why don't you like him? I don't need a reason. I'm the boss. Okay. And so when I saw, I, I figured Bill had a bad day at home or something. So I, uh, I, I wasn't going to fire Eric. I liked Eric in the sense that he did a good job in the role he was in. Uh, you know, we didn't always agree. Uh, I'm sure today we still have dis- differences of opinion on certain things, but that don't make him vile and mean and bad. Uh, and so uh, I, I'll get back to the office on Monday. And Bill says, oh, by the way, did you did you fire Bischoff? Nope. And I told him why. And he said, all right. You know, he thinks so. Remember, it's on your ass, not mine. Okay. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Eric did a good job, but for whatever reason, Bill didn't like him. I don't think, I think the feeling was probably reciprocal. So I never fired Eric Bischoff, thank goodness, uh, in, on 6-20-92. Uh, but it was an interesting trip. Interesting trip, to say the least. Uh, then on uh, 22 years ago, on June 22, 1996, ECW Arena at ECW Hardcore Heaven, Chris Jericho, Chrissy, my boy, the cruise master, he's the Gilligan of everything, uh, became the ECW TV champion by defeating the late Pitbull. The late Pitbull went down to Jericho and uh, 
that was a big event at that time, 22 years ago. Chris has been around, hadn't he? Always in the mix, man. Always in the mix. And as we are going to be on the on the Jericho cruise. By the way, tickets are, are, are going fast for that, if you're, in case you're interested. Just quick mention here. It's ChrisJerichoCruise.com. How about that? ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Check it out. Uh, I, I was mentioning somebody that Chris has hired Jerry Lawler now to be the, the MCs. Whatever that means, we don't know. We didn't get a job description with our contract. But hiring Lawler and me to be the MCs is like hiring Larry Flint and Hugh Hefner to watch over the kids. A little wild. Should be fun. I'm exaggerating, but that's what we do. As a wrestling announcer, I exaggerate for a living. Uh, 16 years ago, the first TNA event, a pay-per-view, from Connie's home of Huntsville, Alabama. Oh, my boy. He could put a side of ribs in those cheeks. He could hold them there for... He is a... Anyway, Conrad Thompson is uh, ubiquitous. And he's on this network. Him and Eric Bischoff, 83 weeks. Doing a hell of a job. I can't wait till my dividend check comes in. Uh, but a good, good show. Kenny Shamrock on that show became the... Uh, the first NWA champion uh, recognized by uh, the organization. A lot of good people worked there. You know, the Carter family had a, put a lot of skin in the game, man. A lot of money in that, in that operation. Jeff Jarrett spent a lot of time there as well. Uh, yeah, but now Don Callis, who was a recent podcast guest, is uh, helping ramrod that thing, herd the chickens, if you will. And we look for big things. In so anyway, 16 years ago, hard to believe, the first ever uh, TNA Impact Wrestling pay-per-view the key thing for those dudes get your ass distance from tna it means nothing positive sorry be so cold the the image you present you create in your mind when you hear tna wrestling ain't a great one impact wrestling may have a chance i hope and i sure as hell they do they got by the way slam reversal coming uh on july 22nd in toronto big pay-per-view there um Eight years ago, Nassau Coliseum, both the uh, world title and the WWE title, changed hands. Fatal four-way matches, two of them. Uh, and that's where the Fatal Four-Way Pay-Per-View concept came to be uh, going forward. Ray Mysterio won the world heavyweight title, beating Jack Swagger, The Big Show, and CM Punk. Pretty good cast, huh? And then Sheamus became the, became the WWE champion, defeating Johnny Cena, Edge, and Randy Orton. Not bad. Pretty damn good roster. And then finally, uh, I got to get this is my one of my favorites. I saw this come up. I, I, it, I had so many memories. I'll take you back to uh, June 25th, 1976, 42 years ago. Uh, I invested with a very pregnant wife uh, and borrowed money from my hometown bank to invest in the Andre the Giant Antonio Inoki, uh, spectacular with Andre and Chuck Wepner, uh, Inoki and Muhammad Ali, the great Muhammad Ali, the star of the show. Uh, it, and, you know, Bruno had Stan Hansen. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a hell of a spectacle. So I bought in with Leroy McGurk the uh, closed circuit rights for Tulsa, thinking that I could make a nice payday and uh, to welcome in my new baby, who is now will be 42 in a few weeks. She was born on uh, July 28th, 1976, a month later. So here I am running, going around crazy. My wife at the time was eight months pregnant, 
and I'm trying to make a couple extra bucks in the wrestling business. Won't give it up, man. Just won't give it up. John, I just I need an intervention. I didn't. I should have, but I'm ashamed of some of my my work ethic. Then it was just uh, over over the top. So anyway, we had that. And by the way, you're wondering, did you make any money, Jr.? Nope. Paid the damn. I paid the loan back, but I didn't make any profit. But I had fun and I enjoyed it. And uh, so my daughter Casey is now a licensed physician assistant in Tulsa, and she is uh, her. She was celebrating her birthday, July twenty eighth, nineteen or seventy six. Can you imagine? I got a kid, forty two. You know, one of my goals in life is to date women, forty two. I don't know what's going to work out, but nonetheless. But it was an interesting show. Uh, Close circuit soon gave way to pay-per-view, as we know. But it was an interesting journey. And uh, later on, I I had my time with Muhammad Ali. We talked about that whole situation. Everybody's got a version of that story. I don't know exactly which one is true. There have been books written about it, documentaries done on it. But it's uh, very memorable for me because I had to borrow money with a newly expanding family. And I think it was like five grand, maybe 10. But that's a load of money. Now and then, huh, scary money. And uh, that's a good look at a very memorable event this week in wrestling. And now getting to our birthdays. And so I enjoy this. I, I perceive birthdays to be celebratory. I perceive birthdays to be, uh, you know, a positive thing. And, uh, and you can't get too old to stop celebrating birthdays. Don't, don't believe that bullshit. Celebrate your birth because your mom and dad did a lot of work to get you here. Uh, I want to wish happy birthday to my friend Man Cal Mueller, the great Chicago radio personality uh, and a former WCW pay-per-view participant. Man Cal is 52. And I hope to see uh, Man Cal. I love going on his show. He's got a great show. Good cast, good group. He's the, he's the uh, bowl of the woods of that radio show, no doubt about it. But I'll be there with Jerry Lawler at Zanies in Rosemont on August 23rd. Tickets at zanies.com. And uh, we'd love to see you there. Man, Cal Mueller, 52 years old. Good dude. Tetsuya Naito, the great star in New Japan who just lost the Intercontinental title to Chris Jericho, is 36 and uh, a star. And, man, his face looked like he got hit in the face with a handful of rakes. God, his pump, bluses, knots. Him and Jericho were stiff. And as Jericho said, he beat the doo-doo out of him. They hit each other, quite frankly. The late John Tenta earthquake would have been 56. Big John died of cancer. And my first memory of of Big John Tenta, he wrestled as a heavyweight, duh, for LSU, Louisiana State University. And they came and had a duel match that I helped promote with Bill Watts. Bill Watts did it. I did did the legwork for uh, OU versus LSU regional or a dual match. And uh, uh, Dr. Death and John Tenta squared off. Looked like two refrigerators hammering each other in a demolition derby. A lot of good memories there. And John was a nice guy, too. Good Canadian fella. Uh, Saturday on the 23rd, Raphael, my producer, slipped this in. I think he's got an ulterior motive. I don't know what it is yet. I need to get to the bottom of this. I'll I'll see him in Scotland, Ireland, and the U.K. But here's the deal. And I think it's cute. King Maxwell Hardy is three years old. I'm not Casey Kasem. Reach to the stars. Live your dreams. King Maxwell. Now, you know, he's the oldest son of Matt and Reeby Hardy. Boy, did Matt overkick his coverage. 
God Almighty. Matt Hardy, was a, he has been known in our business as quite the ladies' man. Not that there's anything wrong with that, kids. Uh, so, and by the way, King Maxwell, three years old, reaching for the stars, has a brother named Wolfgang Hardy. They'll never be teased at school. I love the Hardys. I really do. And Brandy Rhodes celebrates her 35th birthday. Man, you talk about somebody that looks like she's like 20. Uh, Cody's b- better half, much better. She's be, she'll be at all in on September the 1st. Really a nice young woman, too. Really, really nice young woman. And I know the dream thought the world over. He really did. And, and what's it not to like? Uh, WWE backstage agent and former NWA champion Adam Pierce, one of the more underrated talents that you'll ever come across that you didn't know was that good. He's really good, and he's a great coach. Uh, former Lake Cool member and former WWE women's champion, UK's own Layla, 41. She's another one. Probably looks like she's, you know, 25. How the hell does that happen? Damn it. Uh, Lucha Underground announcer, my old friend that we, we called Russell Kingdom 9 together, um, he's, a, he's a very cerebral, smart guy. He's kind of the Eddie Haskell uh, wrestling. Oh, hello, Mrs. Cleaver. How are you today? You're not sure if he's BSing you or he's really sincere. I've had a lot of fun working with, with uh, Matt Stryker. A lot of fun. He and I did that Russell Kingdom 9 show from ringside. And I, maybe, I probably told the story. The Reader's Digest version is this. It was like a four-hour show, maybe a little longer. We never once heard from the truck. They never counted us in. I think, I swear to God, I think that the, the TVSI truck thought, forgot we were there. I didn't know the music cues, didn't know the pyro cues, didn't know the VTR cues, the, the video packages. We were solo. And sometimes you see old Matt around asking that question. We were sailing by ourselves. I felt like a Tom Hanks movie. He was Tom Hanks, and I was at volleyball. Wilson. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer, one of the classiest guys in the world. He's he's a podcaster as well. J.J. Dillon, 71. J.J.'s a smart guy, good dude. Uh, And I still have his calculator and his set of pencils that he left behind when he left WWE. And I used that calculator to when I was doing payoffs. So, uh, classic guy. I love JJ. He's a good man. He loves the business more as much as anybody you'll ever meet. Follow him on Twitter and follow him on, uh, uh, follow his podcast if you can. He's a good man. And the late Jackie Fargo, one of the great influences to Jerry the King Lawler and one of the all-time great workers in the business. Not just the Tennessee Territory, the Garden, for example. Jackie Fargo would have been 88. And uh, he was a, a tremendous. And by the way, Jackie Fargo was on that first uh, Impact show over 16 years ago, which shows the influence he had on a young Jeff Jarrett growing up in Tennessee. So to all you cats and jammers, happy birthday. Look at this. It's mailbag time, kids. Are you ready for it? Uh, These are from you guys. Priscilla. Priscilla, you know who you are. She says she's already booked her suite on the cruise and just wanted to know if you would be selling your book, Slobberknocker, on the cruise. Absolutely. Uh, we will have Slobberknocker on the cruise. We'll be selling them and signing them, taking pictures and signing autographs. The King and I will both be there, uh, of course, as your hosts. And uh, uh, we will be happy. If you have a book, if you already got a, a book, 
if you bring it, I'll sign it anyway. Happy to. No, no worries. So, yes, Priscilla, look forward to seeing you there. Bring your book, buy your book, and uh, we'll get her signed for you without, without any problem. Derek wants to know, he's from Boston, by the way. He's got a question regarding uh, your old broadcast partner, Taz. And his question is, after the amazing crowd reaction that Taz received on his debut at the Garden. See, there's a little common denominator here. At the Garden's a big damn deal, folks. And, and Taz popped big. He killed it. They cheered. It was one of the more emotional, loudest, real, organic uh, uh, reactions I can remember in that building. And that's saying a lot. Uh, but why do you not get over to a larger level? Well, I think the issue there is the injuries started creeping up on Taz. He couldn't stay healthy. No, no, defense, no offense meant to him. He's one of my favorites. We're a good partner. He's a good friend now. Uh, I was just recently on this radio show with the Moose and uh, Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio in the mornings. And, and I, uh, I think the injury thing is what really got him. I remember having a talk with him because he seemed to be, he might have been a little gun shy, a little leery of, of management coming from uh, ECW, wink, wink. And because uh, it was kind of a Wild West show there. And that's not a bad thing, quite frankly. It's just what it was. And he was worried about getting cut after he tore his, I don't know, bicep or tricep. I said, look, man, we're going to pay you what we owe you every week. You're not going to miss a check. We're going to pay for the surgery. Just get well and get get back here. So uh, uh, I think the injuries, uh, Derek, are the main issue for Taz. He's a good dude and tough guy. I like tough guys. Reggie wants to know, uh, Reggie here, hello. Uh, Reggie wants to know, if Alistair Black has had an incredible run as an NXT champion, he's had a good one. Not been that long, but he's had a good one. Do you think he will break Neville's record-setting title reign? I don't know. Don't care. Reggie, all due respect. Don't matter. Or will he be called up to the main roster before he uh, sniffs breaking the record? Yes. I think he will be called up to the roster before that. Uh, he's ready to go now. He was a seasoned guy when he got here. Just got refined a little bit. He's a, as I mentioned earlier, he's a very, uh, in, the, in the NXT TakeOver feedback, he's a player. He, 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 he's experienced, he's seasoned, and he, and he is damn sure tough. He lays his stuff in. I'm a big fan of Alistair Black, but I think he'll be going upstairs to the next level at the latest by WrestleMania, maybe before, don't know. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's in Australia. You remember that episode of Seinfeld where that, that, tennis, shoe, that tennis shoe guy was named Jimmy? Jimmy's mad. Don't be himself. Third person all the time. Jimmy's mad. Jimmy's hungry. Well, Jimmy in Australia, you know, by the way, Jimmy, you know we're going to be in Melbourne, uh, the WWE is, by the way. I don't know if I'll be there or not. I wouldn't mind. I'd like to call the Undertaker Triple H match. They say it's their last one. Wouldn't it be fitting? Why not? You know, I'm, I, I can handle it. I'm not as good as I once was. But by God, I know I'm as good once as I ever was. Thank you, Toby Keith. Melbourne at the Cricket Ground, huge stadium, beautiful facility, October 6th, big pay-per-view in Australia. And uh, this, uh, Jimmy wants to know his question, I'll get to it in a minute here, uh, about Steve Blackman, uh, you know, could he have been a better star, intercontinental, whatever, uh, instead of the hardcore champion, et cetera, et cetera. And he wants to know any Steve Blackman story. Steve Blackman has one of the most driest He's one of the driest sense of humorists of anybody I've ever known. He's funny. He's, he's uh, stone-faced, as am I these days, thanks to Bell's palsy. 
He just did it because he wanted to. Uh, I remember one time he said uh, he had trust issues because a lot of those guys who go through this territory system before we got them have been screwed and lied to so many times they didn't trust anybody in authority. So he had trust issues. And I liked him. He liked me, I think. But one time he got his check pay off and it wasn't as much as he wanted. And he said, I got, I, uh, I had pencil sex with him. I didn't use that word. He used something else. You, you pencil sexed me. <laughs> and I said, well, I'll stop that. I didn't, I didn't know I did that. I didn't enjoy it if I did. So, uh, he's a good guy and he's talented too. And believable. I, I have a lot of respect for Steve Blackman. I think he's got a, uh, uh, MMA uh, school in Pennsylvania, I think. Uh, Ryan O'Leary in Canada. Oh, Canada. Uh, if I were currently the head of talent relations, if you were currently the head of talent relations, JR, who would be your top target from the independent wrestling scene? Boy, first of all, I'd be insane to try to fulfill that role at my stage of life because it's 24-7, period. He can't slice it any other way. If you're not willing to do that, then you ain't, you're not going to play long because these talents have problems and issues and questions they need answered, and there's no time limit, and there's no, they only do it nine to five. It's all the time. But I would tell you that uh, Ryan O'Leary from Canada, that my, my short list would include some of those dudes that I've been, I called this week. Uh, Cody, Omega, who's on the show next week. I've mentioned that about 30 times. Uh, the Young Bucks, I love that team. They remind me so much of the Rock and Roll Express and the Little Hardies and Little Rockers. and I like that combination, that size. They function as a one person in that team. I like them. And, uh, of course, how would you not want to sign Okada? I don't know if those guys will ever come, but uh, I can tell you this. When we talk to Kenny coming up, we'll ask him that question. When are you coming to WWE? And I'm sure he'll give us an answer. So uh, that's uh, the mailbag. And... Uh, Remember, I encourage you to send me your questions. We have, an, we have a, a free little uh, website here. Just hit thejimrossreport at gmail.com. As simple as that. Thejimrossreport at gmail.com for your questions. And maybe we'll read them right here on the mailbag. First time guest here on the Jim Ross Report on the mighty Westwood One. Uh, Tom Lawler is joining me for the first time. And, and Tom, uh, I appreciate you taking time to be with us here. And, dang, I was looking at your schedule and other information. You're busy as hell. Yeah, yeah, very busy. Uh, fortunately, that's a good thing. Uh, currently, I am in Rhode Island getting ready for uh, some mixed martial arts fights this weekend on Access TV. Uh, they'll be presenting CES MMA, and I'll be in the corner of Adam Aquaviva as he wins his fight there live. So, very busy. Very, very good. Yeah, it's good, man. Uh, the uh, the journey you're on is unique, uh, and I I always thought when you were fighting full time that you really did a good job of selling yourself, selling the fight, and creating awareness for your your attraction. Uh, and that's a gift to me because we both know there's a lot of guys in, in the USC, for example, and Bellator, wherever, that could be making a lot more money if they knew how to sell, market themselves. Yeah, mixed martial arts is a, it's an, interesting, it's an interesting sport. 
because in many ways it's not just a sport. It's more based towards entertainment. And there are a lot of fighters who remain uh, nameless due to the fact that they're not willing to, you know, present a character for themselves or, or find out, you know, who they really are deep down and give that to the public. And um, myself, I was a huge fan of fighters like Kazushi Sakuraba and Genki Sudo, who took it upon themselves to kind of go above and beyond when it came to entrances and character work. And those are the guys that really uh, resonated with me as a fan. So I tried to, in turn, kind of just basically steal from them and pass it on. I have to pass along uh, a, a video. Somebody passed along to me, and I watched a video recently of, I think Sakuraba's got a new concept that he's doing, uh, like a oh. Survivor Series-like. Uh, uh, have you seen that? Yes, yes. It's uh, Sakuraba and Josh Barnett. Uh, present quintet and i believe if i had if i had to say that that would be probably my favorite current uh like combat sports promotion it's five on five uh two teams of five on five and it's a survival match so if the first two people begin and one person submits the other one within the time limit that person will stay on and then compete against the next member of the team so there's been instances in which one man on one team has gone through three guys on another team. Um, it presents not only match, individual match strategy, but also team strategy because sometimes guys will, you know, a lesser competitor will be able to stall out a better competitor and get him off the board so that his team can then have an advantage. So I absolutely love it. It's an interesting concept that intrigues me, quite frankly. Uh, and uh, I hope to be able to, uh, to to uh, sample more of it sooner than later, so it's a good idea. I'll talk to I'll see Josh next week in L.A. We're doing some voiceover, so uh, we'll we'll get that. Uh, I'll discuss that with him. He's yeah. he's very he, Josh is very serious. He's a very studious guy. That's when when some of the New Japan uh, folks, the diehard fans that, that don't like he and I, and they love uh, Don Callis and Kevin Kelly, and what's not to love? Uh, you know, it it, it kind of. Josh took it personally. I said, look, guys, I'm an old guy. I don't give a shit. I really don't care. What do you, you ain't going to change a thing. I'm still going to the grocery store when I want to go. I still, you know, everything's in my life is going to be just fine. But, man, Josh is still so damn competitive. He takes it personally. And, I'm just, and I yeah. want to get – everybody's got a wrestling T-shirt, right, Filthy Tom? And I was thinking uh, having one that my partner can whip your partner's ass. <laughs> and, and for virtually every single situation that would be a valid shirt to have uh, <laughs> so yeah, obviously good. Being, being an mma guy i enjoy uh josh barnett's commentary obviously it's a little bit different than perhaps yeah. what the the current new japan fan base wants but that doesn't mean it's any less relevant um you know the techniques and and the calls of the actual moves may be a little bit different but you know, throughout Lucha Libre, uh, you know, wrestling in Japan, the U.S., there's similar moves that have different names. So, um, you know, you got to kind of take a, take a look at what Josh and his history is and then and then go from there. If you watch his yeah. matches, his current, even his pro wrestling matches, they're a completely different style than what most people are used to seeing. And quite frankly, I, I like, admire him for the fact that he stays so true to oh, himself. Man. 
He's dead serious, buddy. He's dead ser- serious as Danny Hodge handshake. It's tough. Uh, how are, I'm wondering, uh, and I'm, I mean, I'm glad that you're on there because you're damn sure entertaining. This the ML Court Bowers MLW uh, company has now it's airing on Friday nights, as many know. We talk about it here on the show uh, on uh, BN Sports Cable Sports Network. Check out, and you can go to MLW.com, folks. They'll tell you all about the show, where to see it, how to see it, and the whole nine yards. You got a little uh, interesting little group there going on with your uh, your uh, team, Filthy. I kind of dig that. Yeah, we're trying to, um, and, and it's tough to do to incorporate some of the mixed martial arts um, aspects into pro wrestling because there is a, a disconnect with some of the fans. Some of the fans aren't as um, connected to MMA as other fans are. So introducing small things like uh, constant corner men yelling out instructions, uh, having a bucket having a banner at certain times, you know, trying to bring in all Mm -hmm. these things that people recognize as strictly mixed martial arts into uh, pro wrestling really has helped. And I think, you know, we're talking earlier about character work and and that sort of thing. And a lot of it is about knowing who you are and what you want to be. And for me, myself, if I go in there, I can't, I can't do better flips than ACH or Teddy Hart. Um, I'm not as big as, Jake Hager or some of these other guys. So I have to find a different niche or something different to bring in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm people are going to look at me and go, this is an MMA guy. Um, and I have no problem, <laughs> no problem being that guy because for the most part, I've dedicated, you know, 20 years of my life to it. So um, a, a lot of it is knowing who you are and, and being able to bring that into the ring. A lot of people don't want to admit who they are, uh, Tom, in my opinion, for my managing talent over these Many, many more years than I care to remember. Uh, but it also takes courage to, uh, to to go with your instinct. There's nothing better than a wrestling persona that is entirely based on reality as far as personality traits. So you basically then become just a an augmented and enhanced extension of your true personality. Mm-hmm. And, and filthy time should just be filthy time. And then figure out what it's going to, what little tweaks you got to make, uh, what little shine you got to put here or there, whatever it is, to uh, let that transfer into a new genre of pro wrestling. And that, I think you found your deal, man. I, why would you? Why would any booker want you to be anything other than, uh, you know, a, a defiant uh, former and still MMA competitor? I don't. I, that's that's what brought you to the dance. That's what got you discovered. So be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, one of the best. Um I guess compliments that I've heard so far while I've been watching the MLW shows is, and I don't remember if it was Tony or Rich uh, that mentioned this, but they said, "Look, you watch this match. Tom Waller wears his heart on his sleeve, or you know, his, you can see his emotions in the ring." And I thought to myself, "Well, hell, that's exactly how I am." Yep. You know, so for me, when I heard that, I was like, "That's that's what I've been looking for. That's that's the best compliment I've been given." You know. So. Well, I'll tell you about that too, Tom. Is that uh, it's like telling the truth. I learned a long time ago uh, that it was much, much better for me in my in any position, especially when you're dealing with talent, just to simply tell them the damn truth, even if it's not good news. It's a matter of delivery. You know, I don't have to, well, I got good news for you, kid, and we're firing your ass. You know, they, they, don't, they don't happen. I don't, they don't do that. But communication is an art form, I believe, and I think that, uh, you know, the fact that, if you tell the truth, you ever got to remember what you told the guy. 
just the truth. Exactly. Whatever the truth was is what you told him. And the second thing is, on your case here, is that if you were in that moment unaware, then it tells me that that was 100% natural and organic, which is what I think fans today, because all we're all everybody's smarter now, Tom. You know that. Mm-hmm. They're smarter than, than we were when we were young and fans, and me younger than you, obviously, back in the day. Uh, I had but, it figured uh, out, Jim. I had it figured out. 605 by 606 every Saturday, I knew exactly what was going on. <laughs> Well, good. Hey, that's good. I'm glad. Did you watch? Uh, were you? Did you grow up as a big pro wrestling fan? Yeah, I probably. I don't know the time when I actually first started watching wrestling, but uh, I remember racing home every Saturday night from my grandparents' house next door at six o'clock. I'd be running up the hill to make it home for six o five, and hopefully the Braves weren't on at that time because the, <laughs> yeah. the show was getting yeah. preempted quite a bit. Yeah. Or rain out. Or rain, rain delay. Pain the ass. So I, I've been watching as long as I can remember. And actually, um, I had the opportunity a few years ago. I was at my my grandmother's old house, and uh, she had saved a, a ton of, like, notebooks. And I started looking through these notebooks, and all it was was drawings of wrestlers from ESPN in the late 80s and early 90s. Like, I'm, I'm writing down Jeff Jarrett's name in 30 different colors. I'm writing down... Adrian Adonis's name and all these different things, or Adrian Street, and I mean, it was just a, a laundry list of notebooks filled filled with drawings of wrestlers that I don't even remember, or names that I don't remember watching. So, um, I mean, the proof's there. I've been I've been into this for as long as I can remember, and uh, I remember seeing UFC two, which would have been 1993, and following that since then. So, pretty much since an early age, my whole life has kind of been, um, I've been a huge fan of wrestling, MMA, combat sports in general, and kind of made it my, my life's goal and my life's work. So, you know, I, I've always thought Tom and that, uh, when uh, like, let's say recently CM Punk had his fight, uh, at USC 225, uh, lost to Mike Jackson, three rounds. He, he made it three rounds. I, I, I think it's kind of a moral victory, but it seems to me that the dynamic, the psychology dynamic of even Brock Lesnar, he'll be back in there soon, I'm, I'm assuming. That's what everybody's talking. When he can go make as much money in one night as you do in a year, you know, as, as, as some have speculated, then how do you not want to do it? And if there's going to be somewhere along the way a big money fight uh, between uh, uh, John Jones and, and uh, Lesnar once they get off the their, their respective lists, that they may be on, uh, that's big money, right? So, uh, but no, I, I just think this: I think that MMA fans buy tickets, uh, and I think Dana positions very well. They use CM Punk's name in their all their advertising for USC two twenty five. Everything I ever saw, and it was the only name mentioned on some of the ads I saw. Now there it wasn't positioned as a main event. They had the main event there on a graphic, but CM Punk was very prominent. I think what that tells me is this. Uh, they're, they're soliciting the wrestling fan to buy to cheer on their guy. They might get that underdog, that, that unforeseen victory. I think the MMA fans are saying, oh, good. There's no one of those phony wrestlers that we can see get, get the holy hell beat out of him. I, nothing I like better. It, it, do, does that philosophy have any merit, or am I hallucinating from old peyote in the 70s? 
<laughs> I think there's definitely definitely something to that, especially if you look at the, like you mentioned, the media leading up to UFC 225, and perhaps it was due to um, the court case that was ongoing in the weeks leading up to it, but most of the coverage did seem to focus around CM Punk, and you know, in the grand scheme of things, that fight means nothing, you know. Um, right. As far as as far as the competition goes, if you look at it from a broader perspective, well, that fight means a whole hell of a lot when it comes to marketing and and the future of uh, perhaps what the UFC would want to you know move towards or, or Bellator or any other promotion. So um, while competition wise it meant very little, obviously the UFC is very very smart in both promoting CM Punk as a um, I guess what would it be a sympathetic figure. In one way, you know, this is the average. This is an average Joe. This is a guy who had a dream. He wants to come in right. here and fight, but at the same time, you have the other MMA purists who want nothing to do with that <laughs> and do not. You know, they don't even want to take that into account, and they want to see this guy lose. Um, I think currently, a lot of that uh, shine, I guess, has worn off, or the novelty uh, has worn off after this second fight. And I don't know necessarily that we'll see the UFC bring in you know more uh, more professional wrestlers but i would not be surprised to see them bring in other talents kind of from outside like um that have names perhaps like the power ranger who does mma you know why not hmm. bring him in yeah well uh, it's they're like the ufc is not unlike any other promotion that's that's in a, inside a a, a container an octagon a cage a ring whatever it may be it's all about the attractions and right now, in my humble opinion, and I am a fan of the of MMA, and have I, I bought sixty four ninety five? Man, I paid sixty four ninety five to watch uh, USC two twenty five. Primarily, I could not have passed a quiz with a gun to my head on who was in the main events, the two main events. Couldn't tell you. Uh, well, I kind of had a general idea. Well, I don't know. I'm not so sure. But I watched. I bought sixty four ninety five to see CM Punk fight. Not the I, and I even. I couldn't even remember the other guy's name, except I made a joke about it on Twitter that he's not the <laughs> Mike Jackson was the Alabama junior heavyweight champion from the great TBS oh. days, you know. So, uh, but it's punk meant something that show. And somebody said, well, how, how, how can he be happy? Well, I think when he gets his check, he'll be happy. I haven't heard what the yeah. paper review did, but he's got points on the backside. Is what everybody says. So there's your money right there. So he probably had a seven figure day. Wouldn't you guess? Yeah, yeah, I believe his uh, his pay was either four hundred or five hundred thousand. I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, but I, I, you know, I'm sure that it did probably minimum three hundred thousand buys. I would imagine um, probably upwards of that uh, due to the, the court case and kind of the the, the lead up to that in the weeks. So yeah, I'm guessing probably one million dollars. And hell, I, I know a lot of people go like, "Hey, I'll go out there and I'll fight somebody for a million dollars." Well. Nobody wants to watch most of those people fight for a million dollars, but you know, <laughs> right. enough people do want to watch CM Punk fight that he can make a million dollars. So good for him. And uh, yep, good you for know, him. honestly, at first I was kind of, <laughs> I was, I didn't hate CM Punk, but I hated the situation. And uh, you know, kind of the more time that goes by, you realize that it's not it's not on CM Punk. This is on this is on the UFC. This is on the commissions which are supposed to be around to safeguard against these sort of very instances. So um, more power to CM Punk. You know, I'm, I'm actually more of a fan of his after this whole fiasco uh, than I was before. 
Um, but yeah, it, the the end game I don't think worked out very well. Uh, no, no. Or, or at least as well as he had hoped. Um, yeah, I, I, hey, I, I, I admire the guy for chasing a dream in a, in a world where you can get very exposed, uh, and, uh, and, and emotionally and physically. Uh, it's a tough deal. I, I somebody said, well, he'll probably go back to wrestling. It's nobody can remember the fact, or seems to want to remember the fact that this guy's made a lot of money. He made yeah. he had he had big big years in WWE. He was the champion there for a long time. Meaning, here's what it means. Yes, I understand it's a fictional title. I get that, folks. I've been around that. I, I'm not that senile yet. But the bottom line is that when you have that title, it puts your name above the the the, the show name. It's you know you're you're the lead guy, and you, as the lead guy, you're always on all the big shows in a very uh, profitable booking. So he made a lot of money. He sold a lot of merchandise. You know, he had, he had the coolest entrance music. He had the, you know, he had a, he 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 lived that character. So uh, he made a lot of money. I don't think he'll ever go back to, to wrestling full time whatsoever. That's just me. What do you think? Uh, I would agree with you, um, and I think really the biggest reason why, and this is, and this is just based off of my last year being back in the wrestling scene, is wrestling is. Awesome. Wrestling is, to me, it's like one of the best things on the planet. I absolutely love every, almost every aspect of it, except for the travel. And, you know, that's why I can't see CM Punk going back full time. Once you've done kind of an MMA schedule, it's a lot, lot tougher to get back in the mindset of being on the road a few times a week and, you know, not knowing where you're going to wake up the next morning kind of that constant grind. You don't have that in MMA. Um, you know, we do have, you know, training camps and you're waking up and it's kind of like Groundhog Day over and over and over, but it doesn't, it, it puts the wear and tear on your body from training, but it's not the same as sitting in a car for eight hours. It's not mentally draining, like getting on an airplane, getting off an airplane, sitting in the airport for two, three hours, waiting, having a delay. So um, I think all of those factors really are the worst part of wrestling and if i were CM punk i wouldn't want to go back and do that if i had tons of money in the bank i'd wrestle you know two or three times a month maybe uh just because of the travel schedule so um i can't i can't see him going back he's a talented guy in a, in a lot of areas uh i think that he's uh would be a great broadcaster for some entity and he's very well read mm-hmm. you know he's a hockey fan he's a baseball fan he's a he's an mma fan uh, pop culture guy, comic book guy. There's a lot of things he can use his skills for without getting back into a wrestling ring and and uh, and dealing with everything you're talking about and promoters and his money and the negotiations. And it seems like either based on a cumulative effect of his life or just his experiences with WWE, which I can't believe is just only that, but maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know what's in his head. But uh, it, I just it seems like being around the wrestling business is not a – it has no happiness for him. He's done. Mm-hmm. He doesn't enjoy it. And so, if if you got the cash and you can provide for your family and take care of your obligations without being in that mindset, why wouldn't you? Why would you even think about going back into the into that poison if it poisons you as an individual? Yeah, and another thing too is people don't take into account the amount of time that CM Punk spent wrestling. Once you've been doing something for fifteen, sixteen, coming up on twenty years regardless of what it is, it's going to wear on you. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, just mentally, perhaps 
he's just done. You know, I, 15 years in and the same job. I mean, how yeah, often is tough, that man. It's not very yeah, common. It's so. Very volatile business, uh, especially if you're on top. Because you're always looking over your shoulder. Who's the next guy? Who's chasing me? Who's who's closer than I want him to be? Whatever. Uh, the uh, MLW group, MLW.com, young Court Bowers, uh, the impresario there. The Chadsworth. <laughs> he shaved the Chadsworth. recently, too. Yeah. Oh, he, he looks even younger. He, there you go. He's a baby-faced promoter. The, he's the Chadsworth Osborne Jr. of wrestling promoters. And somebody said, who the hell is that? So Google the damn things, all I can tell you. It's just a joke. Well, it was an attempt at humor. Let's say it that way. What's what? What if you were telling some guy you're sitting next to on the plane when these trips are on? You say I'm doing some wrestling for MLW, and the guy says, "Well, why MLW? Why should I watch?" What would you tell him? Well, I would tell him it's probably you know very similar to what he expects from a wrestling show, but at the same time starkly different you know mlw has done a great great job i think over the past what is it two months of putting out wrestling action but also developing characters and storylines in a very um easy to follow manner uh it's not convoluted there's if you watch the television show um there are baby faces there are heels but there's also a lot of interplay between heel groups baby face groups, which is more like a real-life situation. You know, right. you're not always on one side of the fence when it comes to um, something. You're not always, it's not always black and white. It's not always good or bad. Sometimes there's that in-between gray area. And mm-hmm. I think what, honestly, what MLW is doing better than anybody else out there is playing in that gray area and kind of intermixing the personalities and, and giving people... Um, maybe a reason to root for somebody other than, well, this person is good or bad. Well, in this situation, perhaps this person is doing the right thing, even though, you know, their motives don't necessarily match up with, you know, being altruistic. Um, so I think that they're really storyline wise they're that's where um, they're, they're above everybody else right now. Are you, are you, are the talents encouraged to uh, contribute to the creative? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, you know, I'll get messages from court or uh, some of the other higher ups asking me my thoughts on things, or they'll give me um, feedback about where to go in the future. Uh, luckily, I've done a good enough job uh, to where I don't get, um, you know, like overly scripted on promos and some of the backstage work, um, w- which is a benefit for me because it lets me you know, be more natural. So, yep. uh, that's good booking. That's good booking on his side. And, and he, he learned from a lot of old school guys that, uh, if you got great talents and you why would you hire these guys? Why would that, why would, if I was court Barrow, why would I hire filthy Tom Lawler on Twitter? Uh, unless uh, he was going to bring something unique and marketable to the dance. So yep. if that's the case, then, then why am I telling you, what of what of your music sounds good? It's your music, and if your music doesn't resonate and get over, guess what, Tom? It's been great working with you. Yeah, and maybe yeah. we'll do it again sometime. But we're going to let you go for a while and freshen up, or whatever. What are words they they use nowadays? Uh, yeah, you know, we'll, we may but work again, but not that freshen up. <laughs> they they have <laughs> right. that one with me. So, um, but a- another thing, 
and uh, I don't know how many people are aware of this or whatnot, but the agents that MLW has in the back, I've been very, very fortunate uh, to work with some of these guys, like uh, MVP, Low Key, because they have an understanding and they have an affinity for martial arts and for different styles. And it's not just, um, you know, a pro wrestling idea and a pro wrestling mind. They're willing to, hey, you need to bring in some of this MMA stuff. You need to do more jujitsu stuff. You need to bring that aspect in. You need to bring your black belt. You need to bring this sort of stuff. Um, Whereas if you're coming from a strictly professional wrestling mindset or pro wrestling background, you may not think about those things. So having agents and people backstage who have, um, you know, been in martial arts and, and different combat sports has really helped me as well. So, are you uh, are you still under contract to USC? Yes, I am. Any 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 plans for any future outings for that organization? Yeah, hopefully uh, I'll be back uh, back in a ring sometime later this year, either October or November. Um, I'm waiting for them to release the schedules so I can start planning my next move. I know that they have a show scheduled early October uh, in Poland, I believe, which, um, ironically enough, my wife's family is from there. Uh, my mother-in-law and father-in-law live there, so uh, wow. maybe I'll get on that show if I'm lucky. Get booked. Yeah, get booked. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, you always you always represent well. You, you, the one thing about Tom, the, his opponent doesn't have to look for him. Tom, Tom comes to fight, and that's the Hey, if you're a fighter for a living or in combat sports or pro wrestling, whatever, and you don't come to uh, engage physically, you ain't going to make it. Ain't gonna, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to work. Uh, I see where you guys are going, uh, MLW being you guys, are going to New York City Melrose Ballroom in Queens on July the 19th. Uh, they got a first – I love these. Every promoter's got – every promoter in the world is compelled to come up with something first ever. And I think at one time it meant a lot. I don't think it means nothing now. But nonetheless, first ever, first ever, 40-man battle riot. Uh, and it's got a very uh, unique group of guys that have already been uh, booked for that, including John Morrison and Jake Hager, Kevin Sullivan, Sully what? the Devil, <laughs> Pentagon. And I'm assuming Tom Lawler will be in it. I'm like, why wouldn't you be? You're on that card, right? July 19th. Yeah, I'll be there. So, uh, that, that, that's a, that's a big step for any company to run New York city. Uh, and, uh, the Melrose ballroom in Queens used to be the spot years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm not a big fan of New York, Jim. I'm not going to lie. Probably my <laughs> least right. favorite city between that and LA. Uh, you can have them. Yeah. Well, that's why I live in Norman, Oklahoma. I like my hundred thousand population town and, the only time it gets crowded is on game day, football game day. Mm-hmm. 80, we have 85,000 visitors descend on our stadium, which is three miles from my home. So I'm with you, Tom. Uh, driving, I don't, I don't think – I think if I lived in, in L.A., I might have a car. Probably would. In New York, no way. I don't need to own a car. It, yeah. it's, it's just – it's going to be abused and, and traffic's hellacious. And I admire the guys that do it. All my, I got a lot of friends there. You know, Paul Heyman's one of them. He zips around New York City like he's driving around Hooterville from his uh, mansion in Scarsdale. You admire those people? I, I admire that. I admire that they have survived. They survived, Tom. They're survivors, <laughs> and I I admire and they put up with that craziness. I couldn't do it. I'm not that strong a guy. Yeah. 
I'm weak. I'm weak. Uh, so uh, how how if you fight in October, let's say for example, how uh, much of a transition as far as how long it will take you to train to be ready for that? Zero. You, I, I am in the gym every day. Wow. I have an opportunity. I train uh, two a days at least every chance I get. I have a, a home gym, like a full home gym, weights, sandbags, kettlebells, bands, everything you could imagine. Uh, I've got cool. kids. I've got my own children I can throw up in the air if I have to, if I need a, a lighter weight. Uh, Don't let Dr. Phil hear that. He'll be on television. You know <laughs> That crazy yeah, guy. Not- he's, all, he's all tattooed. He, and at one time we heard he was rumored to be sponsored by the Condom Depot, for God's sakes. I saw the banner in the ring. My well, wife used to be, my late wife used to watch the USC with me. And she got she got really interested in it uh, when uh, Lesnar got involved, and then Ronda got you got the women going and all that. She, my wife became a big fan because she had somebody to emotionally invest in. Uh, but uh, she was just we had so much fun, and she but she used to ridicule me about watching. They all look alike. They're all have they're all multi tats, and they seem like a lot of them are sponsored by the condom depot. I, said, I don't know. I don't want to tell you on that one. <laughs> no, not me. That's how I ended up with the kids. So. <laughs> yeah, all right. That'll happen to you, man. That'll happen to you. Well, uh, I'm uh, excited for your uh, run there at MLW, and I hope that you can. You're one of the pioneering guys for that company, and, and you got a chance to build something there. There is a demand for content. Content providers, if they provide a solid product. Uh, and and you guys do. I've seen it. I like uh, Rich's work. Of course, Tony Schiavone has been one of my dear friends for 30 years. And I'm so happy. If nothing else, I'll tell you this. You guys deserve a pat on the back from us old-timers because you got Schiavone off his ass and got him back in the game, and I think he's having a blast. I Luckily, Jim, I, I'm glad you said that because I love seeing Tony. It's one of the – honestly, probably one of the bright – sides of every taping just because of you know being a fan as a kid um but luckily at the last show i was able to hop on the mic with rich and tony and do commentary for a match and i think i think tony might be on team filthy i think he's got an affinity (laughs) for me that he doesn't want to doesn't necessarily want to let everybody know but uh could be yeah it could be you never know we uh, what what hides in our in our shadows? One sometimes never knows. So anyway, hey Tom, I I uh, really uh, enjoy your work. I enjoy your spirit and your enthusiasm. Uh, it's good. It's good for all of us old guys to engage in conversation with somebody that's young and still full of full of piss of vinegar. I wish you nothing but the very very best uh, with all your stuff. And I'm assuming that you keep a pretty good uh, handle on your schedule on your your Twitter account at filthy Tom Lawler. By the way, folks. It isn't spelled L-A-W-L-E-R like the king. It's a different name. It's L-A-W-L-O-R. End of story. Filthy Tom Thanks. Lawler on Twitter. And it's a fun Twitter. It's a good account to follow, too. Tom's clever, as you can tell. So, hey, keep up the good work, buddy. Take care of that family. Save your money. And uh, take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way, because these damn things just don't hang around forever. Hey, I know. That's how I ended up here today, Jim. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't couldn't miss this opportunity yet, uh, any day we'll, so we'll do it we're going to do it again sometime and uh, hell you never know man i might set in with you and tony and rich and make a four-man oh. team make a real cluster out of it, a train wreck so <laughs> you never know Be my pleasure you, 
Yeah, all right, buddy. Well, listen, Tom, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. I respect your work, and I w- will be watching for you uh, Friday nights uh, on MLW, BN Sports Cable Network. And if you didn't get all we said or what the dates or whatever, simply go to MLW.com. You can buy tickets there for their events, uh, including uh, New York City, Orlando, the whole nine yards uh, right there. So it's really easy. Tom, thanks, buddy, and have a great day. No, thank you, Jim. Oh, Tom's got a big personality, folks, uh, and I enjoy talking with him. I hope we have him on here again sometime. And again, as I said, uh, MLW.com answers all your questions of where you can see their show, how you get tickets to the Queens event and, and their Orlando event, all that stuff, MLW.com. And as we start to wrap this thing up this week, I uh, want to thank uh, you, those of you that have left us five-star reviews. I am told by Producer Ted that we have 910 five-star ratings so far. And we are looking for Mo. And with that, I thank uh, Green Lantern 285. He uh, left us a five-star rating, or she. I'm not sure. I'm assuming it's a man. And he said, uh, always refreshing to have a straight shooter in a world where that attribute is becoming rare. Thank you, sir. EO3 says, JR is the best. That's my cousin, EO3, by the way. Uh, the Jim Ross Report is by far my favorite wrestling podcast. Keep them coming, JR. We all appreciate it. And thank you, sir, or ma'am. Tarnation says, Jim Ross continues to be the most credible voice in pro wrestling and sports entertainment. I do not miss a single podcast. Highly enjoyable every episode. Thank you, Jim. And thank you, Tarnation. Okay, kids, remember that you can subscribe to the uh, program uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however you listen. And remember that uh, five-star rating, that review, really important for our uh, marketing department, the advertisers. There's a reason for asking for these ratings. It helps us grow our show. And uh, full disclosure, it's what it is. And the more five-star ratings you can leave and the, the, on the reviews, uh, the better uh, success we're going to have down the road. So that's just honesty. That's all I'm saying. Because I try to be... Uh, Pretty much a straight shooter. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, remember that uh, the new Westwood One podcast app is rocking. Uh, it's a really a cool way to harness all the great podcasts from the mighty Westwood One. Uh, you know, you got to talk is Jericho, 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff, and Connie. <laughs> Connie. I think Connie's getting married. I wonder if he'll invite me to his wedding. I could be a ring bearer. Or a I could sample the barbecue, make sure the catering was good, something. Uh, so, uh, 83 weeks with Eric is here, as I mentioned, before I got crazy. One, two, three, sixty with X-Pac. Always a great show. One of my favorite guys in the world. Man, we had some interesting journeys. Me and that boy. Whew. Talented son of a gun. Smart, smart, smart. I'm happy for him. One, two, three, sixty with X-Pac. Here on the Mighty Westwood One, ladies and gentlemen. Keeping it uh, 100 with Conan. Another smart dude. Hey, when you get Conan in the room talking wrestling, among other things, because that's what I've done with him more often than not, he's usually the smartest dude in the room. He gets it. He's got great instincts. Great instincts. And he's a great talent communicator. So wherever he hangs his hat, he's good. The Raven effect, you know, hey, 10 years ago, you said, will Raven be doing a podcast or will he be in prison or rehab? Well, I don't know. It's like that kid on the Skittles deal. My doctor says I have Skittle Fox. Is it 
Is it infectious, Joey? I don't think so. He's a good dude. Smart. He's another smart guy. All the smart guys are at Westwood One. Well, me, but whatever. Uh, Team Tiger Awesome. Been making the list of what to watch. Opie Radio. A lot of good stuff, man. And the easiest way to uh, uh, possess it, the Westwood One podcast app. In the App Store and Google Play today. Now, I always want to remind you that you can follow me on Twitter at JRSBBQ. Appreciate that. Uh, I got 1.7 and ch- north of 1.7 million followers, uh, which I'm very grateful for, quite frankly. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Jim Ross BBQ, if that interests you. Uh, we have our, our uh, condiments or sauces, ketchup, mustard, beef jerky at www.shop.com. So check them out. I mentioned that I would be uh, leaving Saturday to, to fly from, hey, this is easy to get from Oklahoma City to, to Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm killing myself. And here I am, fresh off opiates. No opiates for me, buddy. I'm a natural guy. I'm feeling better than I've ever felt in my life. Uh, so inside the roast.co, RCO, Kenny, I don't know, dot UK. That's how you get information. Some tickets are still available. Love to see you there at Full House. We'll have books, and we'll, have, we'll do our uncensored Q&As, the meet and greets, the photo ops. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, next week, there with Kenny McIntosh and this wonderful crew. And uh certainly want to thank you guys for being here. Next week, Kenny Omega will join me. We've got a lot to talk about. The Cow Palace event, uh, more, most importantly, him defeating Okada to win the IWGP heavyweight title. Uh, WWE, future or no, who does he want to wrestle with as, a, as the IWGP champion? Who are a short list of opponents he'd kind of like to have, uh, you know, across the rink. He is a good dude, and we're going to have a great conversation. Kenny Omega here next week. Tell your friends about it, uh, and we will uh, enjoy bringing that conversation to you. So uh, until next week, remember, a new show drops every Wednesday. Uh, we appreciate all the folks at Westwood One, my producer, Ted Woods, Raphael Morphy, all the dudes that helped me make this thing uh, happen. And uh, I'm going to drag Raphael's little Cuban ass all the way to the U.K., He's, he don't know what he's getting in for. I'm very popular with the plus-sized women in that part of the world. And so uh, we're going to have fun, no doubt. Join us if you can, and again, right here next week. I say this, let's add a little bit of seriousness to this craziness that I try to bring you and having fun here today. Our tomorrow's never guaranteed, folks. Really. No, no big downer here. What that means is enjoy today. Count your blessings today. Do something good for others today because our tomorrows are never guaranteed. So until next Wednesday, when our new show drops with Kenny Omega, did I mention that? I'm going to J.R. Jim Ross saying thank you very much, folks, for being with us. I'm going to go catch an airplane. I'm going to fly home to Norman. And until next week, so long, everybody. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Opie Radio. Robert O'Neill. I asked you last time a year ago when we talked, uh, did you see fear in Osama bin Laden's eyes? So. You did. I think so. As a human being, yeah. human to human, you went, wow, that's fear right there. And they were speaking Arabic, obviously. I have never heard fear. A grown man with a high-pitched voice like that. Opie Radio. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free. Free. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 
John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.